United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Joining me now, though, for our conversation is Andrew Wells-Dang, a Southeast Asia expert for the U.S. Institute of Peace. He joins us now. Andrew, welcome and good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Laura. Doing great. We're continuing to follow along on what is happening with the G20, but I wonder if you can speak briefly on this meeting, the the nature of, um, the, of Kim Jong-un traveling in this way and for this reason. Yeah, I mean, what you've said is correct, that uh, Kim Jong-un only goes by train, and that means he's only visited countries that are accessible by train from right. North Korea. Um, Russia is one of those. So the idea that he's going there, we will continue to follow and the the impact and significance of all this. But also, I want to talk to you about um, what's been happening with Vietnam and the United States' relationship, because... Um, as you heard over the weekend, President Biden celebrating a bit of an upgrade in relations with, with Vietnam over the weekend, despite some concerns about the country's authoritarian crackdown and also repression. Bring us up to speed into what, what's happening in Vietnam um, and, and why this was so significant. Yeah, so Pre- President Biden has just spent a day in Hanoi um, on his way back to the U.S. from the G20 in India. And this is really a historic occasion. It's the first time that Biden himself has ever been to Vietnam. But more importantly, it's an upgrade of the U.S.-Vietnam relationship to the highest level, which is a comprehensive strategic partnership. Uh, And as Biden said in his uh, remarks in Hanoi, this is a 50-year arc of progress in our relations, from conflict to normalization to this new elevated status. And it means that the U.S. and Vietnam are going to work together more closely in in many different areas, from um, economic to educational to dealing with the remaining legacies of the war that we fought more than 50 years ago. Why now? Why is this coming now? Because it's an opportunity for both countries. Um, It's the 10-year anniversary of the first partnership that was signed in 2013 during the Obama administration, um, and because both countries see it as in their interest to work more closely together. So the U.S. is doing some things in terms of technology and uh, innovation that that Vietnam is, is really interested in. Um, and, and the U.S. also benefits in strengthening partnerships with another uh, important country in the Indo-Pacific. So what's interesting to me, especially, is this idea of um, we sometimes can be very reductive in our policy and our understanding of foreign policy that we either have allies or enemies or friends or enemies. Does this suggest that the U.S. and Vietnam relationship is showing that we don't fit in these neat categories? That's right. Yeah, there are many countries that we have partnerships with that are not alliances. And uh, this is an example of those. Um from Vietnam's standpoint, they do want to be friends with everyone, but they don't make alliances. Um, instead, they want to have partnerships with all the major powers. And now they pretty much do, right? So they've already had this level of partnership with China and Russia and India. Um, South Korea was the fourth. The U.S. is now the fifth, and they're working on expanding it. So it doesn't mean that Vietnam is becoming a U.S. ally. It means that they have this very... Uh, well 
planned out strategy of uh, developing stronger relations with multiple different countries. Um, and now the U.S. is one of those. This seems to be as more than a semantic, though, statement to be an ally versus a partner. What's the distinction for foreign po- policy purposes? It means that we'll work together on common goals, uh, but we don't have like a treaty with them in terms of military security, for instance, which we do have with the Philippines, for example. So there is, I understand, also at the USIP, um, just coming up in a few days, the second annual dialogue on war legacies and peace in Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia. People can tune in, by the way, to the event via live stream. Talk to me about this gathering taking place at USIP. So for the last two years, uh, I've been contributing to a war legacies and reconciliation initiative that is... uh, largely focused on Vietnam, and we also want to bring in Laos and Cambodia since the the U.S. war in the region also uh, affected those countries greatly. Uh, so this dialogue is a, a chance for people from governments and academia and uh, uh, members of the Southeast Asian diaspora in the U.S., students, many others, to gather in person in Washington um, to share what's happening with cleaning up war legacies, with strengthening relations between Americans and uh, Vietnamese, Laos, and Cambodians. I am struck by this idea of reconciliation. I mean, I, there's you know obviously different ways to view it. You can think about apartheid in South Africa as a, as a policy-based reconciliation, the confrontation of, of coming to terms with one's history. Then you're talking about, of course, war and the inter-country relationships. What does reconciliation look like in a foreign policy world like this? What's remarkable about uh, U.S.-Vietnam reconciliation is that it's been led by people who uh, have a desire to strengthen ties because of history. And so it's been led by U.S. and Vietnamese veterans, so people who fought each other during the war uh, and want to uh, restore relationships afterwards. It's been led by Vietnamese Americans who came to the U.S. as refugees in many cases, and are increasingly going back to invest and live and work in Vietnam um, and visit their families there. Uh, It's led by young people uh, who are curious about Vietnam and and realize it's a a fascinating culture that uh, we can learn and share from. The legacy of the Vietnam War, uh, for so many people, and you're right, it's it's a complicated discussion. Um, And it's one that requires the cross-generational discussion points on that. Do you have a sense that the people are starting to view either the war differently or the U.S. um, presidential impact on the war and beyond? Or do you think that a lot of this is really set in stone in terms of how it is being described and the legacy will will remain? So one of the activities I've uh been involved in at USIP is a U.S.-Vietnam youth dialogue. Uh, and in talking with uh, students and, and young people from both countries, uh, it's clear that Americans still see Vietnam mainly through the lens of the war and what's happened after the war, while the Vietnamese young people uh, see the U.S. in many, many different ways. They've The war for them is history. It's what happened to, in their grandparents' generation. Um, and and they've moved on from that. Uh, so it's, uh, I think this new partnership is a chance for Americans to uh, 
also learn more about contemporary Vietnam um, and and not focus solely on the war. At the same time, there are still effects of the war that we are dealing with um, in terms of uh, unexploded bombs and Agent Orange, and the U.S. is cooperating with Vietnam to uh, to deal with the human and environmental effects of those. Curiously, how do American um, young people in the conversation you've had, how do they view the Vietnam Vietnam War? Most Americans, I think, see the Vietnam War as uh, a mistake, something that we should not have gotten involved in to the extent we did. And uh, those decisions had consequences for American lives and many Vietnamese lives and and Laos and Cambodians. The question is what we learned from that, and are we applying those lessons uh, now in uh, in our relations with other countries and other wars going on in the world? Really interesting. Andrew Wellsdang, thank you so much. Tell me more about how we can watch the live stream of the event. So on USIP.org, the events page, there is a link to the uh, live streamed events. It's on Wednesday afternoon and uh, during the day on Thursday, the 13th and 14th. Uh, Welcome listeners to tune in. Fascinating. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Laura. My pleasure. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.